Welcome to the Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast, where business leaders tell their stories and share their insights. All our guests have a personal connection with Nottingham Business School. So listen, learn, enjoy and share. Welcome to another episode of the Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast with me, Mike Sassy. Maggie Alfonsi is the First Lady of English Women's Rugby. She is also a pioneer and a true leader. Her journey is remarkable. She grew up in a single-parent family in London, became a World Cup winner with England, and is now a respected rugby analyst, commentator and administrator. She made her debut for England back in 2003, her tenacity and determination quickly making her a huge favourite with fans and pundits. In 2011, she was named World Rugby Personality of the Year, but her crowning achievement came three years later when she played a pivotal role in England's 2014 World Cup win. As an inspirational vice-captain of England, Maggie always led by example both on and off the field. She's now a member of England's Rugby Football Union Council, firmly believing that rugby has the power to transform lives regardless of a person's background. It's no exaggeration to say that Maggie Alfonsi paved the way for future generations of female rugby players all over the world, and in doing so, has become a national sporting icon. So, we are very pleased to welcome her here to this episode of the Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast. Maggie, thank you very much for dropping in. Mike, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, and what an introduction. I mean, I'm literally listening to you thinking, wow, who's this person? Because they just sound pretty awesome. <laughs> no, you nailed that. That was really good. I love that. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm very glad I was able to help. So, listen, your biography, which, I, which I've been flicking through um, out this year, out very recently, is called Winning the Fight. So, um, and your life seems to have been one big battle. Um, it talks about the challenges that you faced when you were growing up. You started playing rugby when women didn't play rugby. You then won a World Cup. Uh, you're now an administrator. I noticed that in the news in, in the last week or so, you've been in, involved in the recent review of the of the Welsh Rugby Union, which called out their toxic culture. Do you ever look back and say, wow? I, If I'm really honest, I, I actually don't, because if I look back too much, I think I stopped moving forward and I guess you know regardless of who we are every now and again it is important to stop and reflect on what you've achieved along the way you know, recognize the, the milestones that you've that you've done but I think I'm always thinking about what's the next what's the next job what's the what's the next goal and you know I've got my my goals right now but it's funny I'm talking to you now and I, and I do look back and I think oh yeah Hearing you read out that that bio, that introduction, I think, God, that's that's good. You've done you've done well, Mags. Um, but it Very for me, <laughs> you know. But for me, I think to keep moving forward, if I stop and I look back too much, I end up resting on my laurels, and I don't keep moving forward. So I'm trying my very best to always keep moving forward. But at some point, you know, you have to be happy, have to be pleased with what you've achieved along the way. But for me now, I keep thinking there's still things that I need to achieve and I, and I hope that I can achieve it in my journey. Well, so let's go right back to the beginning. So you were born and brought up in, in Edmonton, in North London, um, in the 1980s and the 1990s. So how do you reckon those years shaped your future leadership career? Yeah, so I grew up in a very deprived area, council stay. Um, and, you know, I knew 
I didn't know anything different in the sense that this was my environment. Um, I, I, you know, all my friends were single parents. At, uh, sorry, came from a single parent background, so it was unusual to see somebody with two parents. And you know, they all lived in a council estate <laughs> environment. So the environment that I, I grew up in was very normal in my um, perspective. But actually, what was good about it was I felt. I kept working hard. I wanted to work my way out of it. So I was very resilient growing up. And um, I guess I, I didn't also mention, I was born with a club foot. So my foot was turned in and had an operation when I was young to straighten it. And I guess adding that to being brought up in a council state, single parent family, that also made it slightly difficult. Well, you were always determined to get out. So you knew there was something beyond where you were. Yes, yes. I mean, I guess... Where I grew up, you know, if you wanted to be successful, you, you, you could do it. You could do it. And it was hard to find role models, if I'm honest. And I guess for me, I had to try and look outside of my sphere of people. Um, and I looked to other sporting heroes, people like Denise Lewis. Mm-hmm. She was someone I was re-inspired by. And she grew up in... Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, Olympic gold medalist, uh, heptathlete. And I just thought, wow, she's got a similar background to me. She's been successful. I mean, you know, winning gold uh, at the Olympics in 2000 in Sydney um, wasn't necessarily my goal growing up, but I just thought, wow, she's been successful. So have you met her subsequently? I have, yeah. We're, like, we're besties now. Um, and if you, look at, if, you, if you look at me very carefully, maybe squint in your eyes, some would say I look like her. Oh, indeed, uh, right. But she's the better version, obviously. Um, she, I have met her a few times now. And also... I've I so you've become friends with a role model. Uh, do you know what? she's? And she's a brilliant person in the sense that she's become a bit of a, an advisor. You know, she's she's president of the Commonwealth Games uh, England. And actually, I've got aspirations to one day be president of the Rugby Football Union. So she's been somebody I've tapped into. And that's really important when we talk about leadership. You know, finding mentors that you can sort of tap into in regards to their advice, their knowledge, their expertise. So even when you back then... Growing up in Edmonton, you're you've got an idea of how to of, of, of a need to get out, and you're looking for mentors, role models who can help you do that. It's basically putting together your game plan, your strategy, and maybe at the time I didn't really appreciate what my game plan, my strategy was, but I knew that if I wanted to, I guess find my way out of this council estate, I had to yes work hard because everyone says that work hard, get your head down. But you still got to find the pathway. And pathway isn't linear. It's, it goes up, it goes down, it goes backwards, it goes forwards. But I knew that I had to keep moving forward to enable that. Okay, so, okay, you didn't, you were doing something, you didn't quite realise what it was. So looking back, what do you know now that you wish you'd known then? I guess what I know now is make sure you build the right relationships with various different peoples that that various different people that come into your life who have, um, I guess, positions of influence. So, you know, you have your, your black book of people who are important and ensure that you, you know, maintain those relationships. Your network. Uh, your network, that's it. Um, have, you, have your coffees with them. And I think that's really important. I guess going throughout my career, I would make good contacts with people, but maybe I didn't sustain will maintain those relationships. And now that I'm slightly older, um, I, you know, 
LinkedIn. We all love LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> it's, I've made sure that I've I, I utilize my my black book, I guess, to the point now where it's about opening up my networks to people who need that, and vice versa. Uh, and that they help you, and you help them. I think that's really important. So I wish I had had that knowledge when I was earlier on in my career. Okay. Well, having heard you say that, I'm guessing I know the answer to this question, but did you not always realise you'd be in charge, you'd be in front, you'd be up top, you'd be the person they were looking towards? Mike, if I'm really honest, no. Because oh, no, nobody... You need it. Because I guess at that time, the, the assumption was for me in my head was nobody is going to be successful from Edmonton. You know, that was the mindset. And I just think, oh... Unless you played football for Tottenham, you know, you're never going to make it. Um, even though Arsenal's a better team. You know <laughs> but uh, it was it was that mindset where you just didn't believe it. And and it, maybe even now, I still probably don't believe it. Don't believe it enough? No, I don't believe it enough, I'd say. Because I still keep thinking, um, if one, one, one error, one mistake in my life, I can still find myself back in that place where I used to be. And it's really, it's a really, it's a fear of failure. I don't want to go back. So I still have that fear of failure. Yeah. It's a fear of failure, fear of poverty, I guess. Um, maybe that's what drives me a little bit. I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. And I guess growing up, my, my mother always sort of made it very clear to me that, you know, um, you, you know, you don't have money, but you work hard for that money. And when you've got it, you know, you want to save it, you want to invest, you want to, you want to build on it, you want it to grow. And I guess that's been instilled in my mindset that um, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much assets you have in terms of cars, houses, etc., you know, you can still go backwards to an extent. And I guess that's been the driver for me to keep moving forward. Okay. So, so you still got on with your family? You know, you moved on, but you go back all the time. You've taken them with you or how does that work? Yeah. So um, I, I've i now, obviously, I've left... Uh, <laughs> moved to to the Buckinghamshire way, and yeah, I've got you know I've got a family. Uh, so you have your own family, kids, yeah, and go back. Um, I go back to visit my mother frequently. Uh, if anything, I'm going to try and move her further closer to me because quite a trek to go back down that way. But um, I, that's I, interesting. You're going to move her out, so you you you've moved yourself out. You've yeah, moved on, and yeah. now you're going to look back and say, "Hey, look." You, you come with me. It's you know what's the interesting bit, and this is one thing that I've learned more in my in my career, in my journey, is that you know I've become a parent, looking after two kids, and now I've reached that stage where my mother's got a little bit older, and now I guess I'm I'm there to support her and be her carer as well. So I guess the benefit of bringing her closer just enables me to ensure that I can keep an eye on her and make sure she's okay, but also she can see the grandkids grow up. That that's really, you know. I now appreciate the importance of family even more so now that I have my own. Wow. So you, 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 you're pushing me on in a million different directions here, but I, I, I'm i thinking, so you're you know, high-profile leader, you know, the few with the face of ITV's recent <laughs> World Cup coverage. You know, as I say, I've, did, I've touched upon the fact that you, you're a, um, a, a, obviously a, a respected administrator involved in a lot of these big projects, etc. But how important is that balance with your personal life with your family as a, as a as a leader incredibly important um people say it quite a lot you know their their partners their husbands their wives you know they are their their big support and i owe quite a lot to my my wife um if it wasn't for her i wouldn't be able to do some of the things that i do um we have a support network you know parent laws help us out a lot we have a nanny who helps us out as well um, and obviously thankfully nursery so we've got a range of um people that enable us to both be successful in our careers 
But it's really hard trying to find that balance. And I fight incredibly hard to make sure I keep that balance because people keep telling me now, um, you know, the the time that you have with your kids whilst they're young is, isn't going to last for very long. So make sure you it's not dominated by work. But would your leadership be less? Would you not be so good at what you do if you didn't have that network behind you, if you didn't have that advance? Hmm. Um I don't think my leadership would be that good if it wasn't for the support network that I have. So I'd say to all leaders, make sure you you have the team behind you um, because they, they are so significant and I lean on them quite a lot. Um, they give me the strength, they give me the confidence, but they also re-energise me. I love it when I, uh, yeah, I do stuff with rugby in the capacity as administrator, TV, but then I go back and see the family and I just, they remind me of why I do what I do. Like they are my, I say quite a lot, my why, you know, they, they are the ones that are my drive and my purpose. So when I see them, they re-energize me and it reminds me that's why I have to keep moving forward, keep having an impact and hopefully inspiring those around me. Inspiring those around you. Are you aware of, how, how aware are you of your status as this icon? this role model, this person who people model themselves on, look up to. What does that does that influence the way in does that the way in which you behave, the things that you do, the things that you say? I think if I think about it too much, it slightly overwhelms me. Um I was always told there's always somebody watching. And that's what it is, isn't it? There's always somebody watching who is inspired by by your journey, is learning from your journey and wants to exceed it. You know, that's brilliant. And I think I have, I pr- fully appreciate my my role. You know, I'm a role model to many others. There's people who've gone before me who are my role models, um, and I always try my very best to be professional all the time, but mainly authentic. I've learned that now. Be more authentic. Be yourself. You know, show your personality. Um, I mean, do you look back and think you you you? Doffed your cap a bit, yeah. Jelly doors. Let's be absolutely. I did. I, I, do you know there was a, there was a stage, I guess, in my career where um, I tried my very best to sort of fit in with everyone around me, and probably wasn't my true self. And I think that's. So, I say it to, again to all leaders: like, don't lose yourself in the path to success. Um, try your very best to stay grounded, and that's why you almost need a team around you. So I call it my team, Maggie, who. I lean on who keep me grounded. They're also my critical friends, check and challenge me where where required. But I also trust them, so I feel like it's a safe environment to 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 be vulnerable. So now I'm more authentic because I have that. Where before I probably wasn't. Okay, so you feel as though you can say more of what you think. But as you touched upon in there, as a leader, you're always there to be shot at, as it were. You know, it strikes me that you. Very open, <laughs> very candid. Um, you know, what are the what are the challenges associated with being a, a high profile leader and having to take it on the chin from time to time? Yeah. So when you're a high profile leader but you're a visible leader, like you've already highlighted, people wanna uh take an aim at you really. So let's 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 look at the social media. We love social media. So I guess, especially when I do stuff where I'm on the TV. Well, I was just about to say, yeah. the face of ITV, I looked at it and thought, wow, you know, that is, that is, you you know, you have to have some, uh, yeah. a thick skin was how <laughs> I, my mother used to call it. Yeah, do you know what? I have, uh, social media has been a 
your best friend, your worst enemy, and we all need it in the sense of promoting ourselves and um, getting greater engagement. But the reality is I've had some lots of negative, but I've also had lots of good stuff. The problem is you reach a stage where you go, for some reason we look at the negative stuff and we take it in. But what I've done now, I guess, as a leader, and you know, for me, social media, that's been the, the challenge that I've had being a visible leader. Various leaders have different challenges where people take aim. And what I do now is I very much utilize those negative um, social media comments, whatever it may be, and I use it to drive me on. So it's like when people say, growing up, someone would tell me, no, I can't do it. And you would go, right, I'm going to go and do it. And that's exactly what I get from, I guess, negative social media comments where people may put you down. There's always going to be someone out there, sadly, who's going to hate you, who doesn't think you're very good, who doesn't think you should be there. So do you, do you blank it? Do you block it? Or do you do you highlight it and say, look, do you call it out? Yeah. I, I Every now and again, I will call it out, but I see it as a fight. Do I really want to invest my time and energy into it? Because the reality is I'm not going to influence them, but it's important to pick your right fights. So every now and again, I will pick a fight with with a, a, a contributor, um, <laughs> but only to almost emphasise and highlight to those who are watching, who are my followers or who are observing, that this isn't this isn't this isn't right, and naturally we do have to stand up to this every now and again, but at the same time I don't let it stop my journey, and I don't want it to stop others who are coming behind me or so like you down. Me. Do you know you've got to be keen to moderate the amount you expose yourself to negativity. Um, people say it a lot. It's about protecting your mental well-being. It's about protecting your you, um, and for me social media I will acknowledge it every now and again but most of the time I dip in and I dip out I don't need like it, it you do need it to obviously promote yourself etc but actually when it starts to find its way in you know breaks through your armor then that's when you go I need to I need to just stop you're trying to I'm, 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 I'm making a connection here but you're trying to let help you drive or drive you on just like when you mentioned your club foot when you were younger you must have thought goodness i'm not going to go anywhere no i'll let it inspire me and it's the same sort of thing absolutely you, you you turn negativity or you reframe things that are perceived to be challenges and turn them into positives and and that's what i was trying to do i think that's been my bit of a focus really going forward and even with, with the club foot and now an ambassador for steps worldwide which is a charity which is all about Helping young people who um, are born with uh, clubfoot or any other lower limb sort of conditions. So you've turned that one around. You've turned that on my head. Because to show people, you can still do it. And look, my 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 clubfoot was slightly different degree of severity in comparison to others, but it's still possible. And it's giving the parents, giving the young people that that belief. Okay. So outside of sport, moving this on, you've always been very keen to develop your learning if i if i go through your if i go through your more formal cv we'll say it's a diploma and then a bsc and an msc and an mba so how important has all that been for your leadership that constant life learning yeah ed- education for me is incredibly important um uh i was always told as well by a few other people that education is like anti-aging you know in the sense that you're keeping your you anti-aging keep your mind alive you keep it you're learning consistently you're challenging yourself you're failing at, at bits but you're, you're you're building yourself you're growing so for me education has always been fairly important so uh yeah going to do my diploma that was that was one that was one start and then you know doing 
my my undergraduate, my postgraduate, and then the MBA was a big step. So, I mean, presumably, you're always in in a class where the majority of the class is a little bit younger than you are. Um, I would say so. Is that your anti-aging thing? <laughs> I still feel like I'm like 12 years old now. Yeah. Um, it's it's amazing. Like it's really it's it keeps me alive mentally and physically. I love it. I absolutely love. It. It's like me exercising. It, what it does to me, it makes me feel I can keep going. I feel strong. I feel healthy. And that's what it does. Education does for me. So I did my MBA. My, my next step is to do a PhD. That's what I really want to do. What are you, you going to do your PhD in? Well, that's what I've delayed because I did my MBA and I was like, right, I thoroughly loved because I. So I looked at um, diversity and inclusion within um, councils and boards in sporting governing bodies. So it's actually quite well timed in terms of the the current landscape of um, of sport and. That's what I was looking at, maybe do my PhD. But there's just a trip. And you're not in a trend. Come on, come on. Well, now, well, now we're having this conversation. You sort me out, Mike. I tell you, I'll be here. <laughs> but it's got me thinking. It has really got me thinking about, because that's the biggest bit, isn't it, about when it comes to doing your MBA and your uh, your PhD. What is the question? What's the thing you really, because you're going to commit your time to it. And that's why I loved about doing my MBA. I loved, I loved learning new bits, but also... This is an area that I'm very passionate about, diversity and inclusion, especially in the world of governance, um, sports governance. So my PhD, and maybe I'm still thinking about what I want to do and where I want to take it and when am I going to do it? Because I've got a young family at the moment, so it's trying to manage that time. You'd have some great case studies, wouldn't you? Oh, I'd have some great stuff. <laughs> do you know what? I've got, I'd open my black book and, and I'll start getting some people out to help me out as well. But, uh, you know, there are, I think well, I've been very great opportunities to current, I currently, you know, part of a governing body and, and various other um, organisations where you kind of go, I can utilise that in terms of case studies that could possibly be used for PhD. So, yeah. As I keep on mentioning, this is a podcast for the Nottingham Business School. This is jam-packed full of leaders, people at all different stages of their careers, but leadership is a thread that runs through this place. So if you had to give one piece of advice to people at various stages of the careers, leaders, leaders who are out there, what would you say to them? Um... I'm going to go with two. Can I give you two? Yeah, yeah, you go for it. So the first one I would say is step out of your comfort zone. And that's something I, I, I live by right now. So a quote that sort of rings true with me is, and be comfortable with being uncomfortable. So I feel leaders need to step out of their comfort zone, challenge themselves, but be courageously brave. That's really important because when you're leading from the front, let's say, through your bravery, you encourage others to do the same. And it's important to get your first follower and then get momentum. That's so key. So you step out of that comfort zone, challenge yourself. And that could be something you do every day, every every week, every month, every year. But whatever it may be, just almost say yes. You know, there are times where we go, I want to say no. Say just say yes. Just say yes. Just do it. And I, I guarantee you, you're not going to, it might feel uncomfortable at time, might be really challenging, unnerving. But then when you finally do it, you're like, I'm so pleased I did that. We've all get, got to that stage where we've got, I'm so pleased I said yes to that, even though I didn't want to in, uh, at, at the outset. So I'd say step out of your comfort zone, be crazily brave. Number two, I would say is lead with your strengths. You know, I'm... We spend so much time thinking about the things we need to improve on, um, perceived weaknesses. You know, I was always told there's no thing as weaknesses, only underdone strengths. So focus on the things that you're absolutely good at and, and strengthen them. Don't worry too much about the things that you're perceived to be not good at. And sometimes we spend too much time about or around those areas that it takes away from our strengths. So I would say leaders in particular, know what your strengths are, 
you see it quite a lot with some of the best leaders where they go, okay, that's not my strength, so I'm going to hire or recruit or get the right team around me that can cover those blind spots. And that's very important. So lead with your strengths. Lead with your strengths. Creative bravery. You know, I've never heard that one before. I'm going to be using that one, creative bravery. Maggie Alfonsi, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for joining us here on the Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, then why not check out some of the others that are also available, including those with the chair of the FA, Debbie Hewitt, broadcaster and entrepreneur, David Lloyd, and the vice chancellor of Nottingham Trent University, Professor Edward Peck. The Nottingham Business School Business Leaders Podcast is produced for Nottingham Trent University by Celtic Tiger Productions. Your presenter was Mike Sassy and your producer was John Collins.